This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. The word of prayer. Eternal Rock of Ages, the everlasting God, Jehovah, we thank you. We appreciate you, the giver and the author of life. That we're here, alive today, is because of you. Lord, we know you have preserved us for a purpose. Your word is life. Lord, as we look into your word of life this morning, Jehovah, please speak to us. In the name of Jesus. Earlier on, we were led to pray that our ears may be attentive unto you. Lord, speak to us today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise the living God. So this morning, I'm going to start with our scripture of the month. Uh, The scripture of the month is uh, taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and the 18th verse. And I'm going to be reading the New King James Version. Say, but we all, with unveiled face or open faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being, somebody say, are being transformed. So, being there is not B E E N, it's B E I N G. It tells you that it's a progressive thing. Is an ongoing thing. He said, we are being transformed into the same image. Amen? Into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. For the rest of this month, we're going to be looking at transformation in different aspects of transformation. Because I believe there's something that God is said to do in our lives. Okay, five people. I believe there's something God is said to do in my life. In the name of Jesus. And that thing is going to happen progressively. And God is going to begin to shift things for me. It's going to begin to move things around for you. It's going to begin to change the situation from good to better to best. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. When you read that scripture, the word transformed there, uh, the English word, well, the English word has its root in a Greek word, metamorpho. That's where we got metamorphosis from. And metamorphosis is a change from one state to another. Transformation can be a change in appearance. It could be a change in form. It could be a change in state. It could be a change in tax brackets. Somebody caught that one. (laughs) So it says we are being transformed. We are being changed from one form to another. Even when I am changed from this form to this form, 
while I am at this form, there are stages at this form. It's like uh, for, and they have it here in America too, but I don't know how it is where you work. You know, in some places, you have the salary scale, and within each level, you have sub-levels. You know, so you are grade level eight, step four. You are grade level eight, step eight. Amen. Even within the grade, within each grade, there are levels. God is going to transition us from glory to glory. In the name of Jesus. That original word that we just talked about is the same word that is used in Romans chapter 12 and the second verse. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. By changing the way you think. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. May God open our eyes of understanding in the name of Jesus. Before we delve into it this morning, you know, I want you to know, it is impossible to say all that needs to be said about any particular topic in 30 minutes, in one hour, is an ongoing revelation. And God will continue to unveil it and unveil it to us. Amen. So when you read what the scripture is talk, began to talk about in Romans chapter 12, you have to understand that there are things that have been said before we go to Romans chapter 12. In fact, Romans chapter 1 to 11 is a body of knowledge that is kind of different from Romans 12 to 16. Romans 1 to 11 is more doctrinal. The apostle is writing to this young church and is teaching them what it means to be a believer. Amen? Is teaching them the basis of their salvation. Is teaching them the why of their salvation. I say, Pastor, what do you mean? In uh, uh, Romans chapter 1, for example, it was telling them that the sal- that salvation is a fulfillment of God's promise. It is not your idea, you know. Many of us became familiar with the phrase, born again. You know, sometime, maybe in the 90s or something. But born again is not a new phenomenon. It has always been in the scripture. In John chapter 3, when uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus, he was asking Jesus, how can I be born again? Am I going to go back in my mother's womb? But even though the old time religion, the people, did not use the phrase, but being born again is not a fad. It's not a, a generational cool thing. You know, so he was telling the, the, the people, he says, salvation is a fulfillment of God's promise. In Romans chapter 1, you read from 2 to 5. It says, God promised this good news. Someone say, God promised. It is the promise of God. God promised this good news long ago 
through his prophet in the Holy Scripture. The good news is about his son. In his early earthly life, he was born into the uh, into King David's family line, and so on and so forth. So what's he t- saying to them? He's saying, look, this salvation that I'm talking to you about is not a new thing. What I'm telling you about is what God had preordained from beginning of time. And the scriptures refers to this thing that I'm talk- talking to you about. So when it comes to the matter of salvation, know that God had you in mind even before Adam and Eve sinned. God had a plan. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, it's the same thing. It says God had this plan long ago. The plan of Jesus coming to lay down his life for you and I was a plan God had crafted and formulated way before any of us showed up on the scene. So he was telling them that. By chapter 4, he was telling them, look, your justification is by faith. Why? Because many of us are so used to, you do this, I do this for you. You give me this, I give you that. We are so familiar with tit for tat. You do me, I do you. You do for me, I do for you. So it was important for him to help them understand that this salvation we're talking about is not about you, it's about Jesus. It's not about what I can do or I'm able to do. It is first and foremost about Jesus who laid down his life. Without the sacrifice of Christ, there is absolutely nothing that you and I can do to earn salvation. In fact, the Bible says the best of our righteousness is like fill the rags before him. You know, the, 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 the fill the rag there, uh, if you will excuse me, is really talking about a woman's sanitary pad. The waste. That's what it's really talking about. You know, he said, that's how disgusting my righteousness and your righteousness is in the sight of God. That is why Jesus had to come. So when Jesus came and laid down his life, he said, the only way you are going to receive this way of life is by believing. You believe and you are a part of the body. Amen. You accept the sacrifice And that is how you're saved. It is not what you do. Oh, let me look this way. Let me change this one. Let me change that one. He said, no, 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 no. It's first and foremost about what he has done for you and what he has done for me. By the time you jump to chapter 5 of Romans, he was saying to them, he said, look, uh, still referencing the chapter 4, in chapter 4, he talked about Abraham and how Abraham was uh, righteous before God. It was not because of what he did. It was because he believed. Amen? Amen? Amen. In chapter 5, he's saying to them, he said, heck, he died for you while you were still a sinner. He didn't wait for you to clean up. Amen? That is how much God loves us. So the foundation of our belief, the foundation of you and I being a born-again Christian is not what I did. 
and it's not what you did. It's not because you stopped cursing that you became saved. You became saved, and then your tongue was cleansed, <laughs> and then you stopped cursing. Amen? The effect, don't mistake the effect for the cause, is what I'm saying very simply there. And very quickly, you jump to chapter 6. He was reminding them, watch this, and this is true for you and I. He was reminding them that we are dead to sin. Romans chapter 6 and the first verse. Romans chapter 6 and the first verse. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? He said, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in sin? So it's important for you to understand that you and myself are dead to sin. When we give our lives to Christ in truth and in spirit. You know, and I, I remember back in the day, you know, after I gave my life to Christ, you know, how God cleansed, cleansed me up, I, I don't know, Pastor Ko. You know, I just knew that uh, my mind changed about so many things. You know, I got to my room, I was still with the boys, you know. I got to my room and... Uh, you know, the boys were doing what boys did, you know, and for some reason I just couldn't do what we did before. I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the appetite for it. You know, Koye, let's go. I'm not going. Koye has an offer for this. I don't want it. You know, uh, you're weird, man. You know? So, it was not what I did. It was what God did inside of me. You know, and when I went back, you know, like I've told you, full disclosure, I'm not trying to do holier than thou with you. After all of that, you know, I went back and I tasted it again. And it didn't taste right. But by this time, I was not doing all the stuff I was supposed to be doing. So I was enticed by those things. The point here being, if you are born again, by the Spirit of God, you are dead to sin. Did, uh, sin has no power, has no control over you. You have a choice when it comes to the matter of sin. As a born-again child of God, there would always be a conviction, something within you is going to caution you to say, no, don't do that. Whether or not you do it is up to you. You know, but when you didn't know Christ, when I didn't know Christ, I mean, I lived my life and, in quotes, I enjoyed my life. But once I gave my life to Christ, those things became an inconvenience in my life. You know, for me to go back, it was a decision and a choice that I had to make. Amen? One of the things that makes me laugh the most is when people fall into sexual sin, and they say, they say, I fell. Excuse me. Excuse me. This matter requires a lot of planning. Let's meet over there at this time when there will be nobody there so that you and I can get together. And then we come together, we get there, you know. Uh, <laughs> our clothes don't just evaporate. We lock the door, 
You know, we lock the door behind us. In fact, heck, you even put on good music. You say, let's make it, let's make the atmosphere, whatever. You know, and one by one, you begin to, you know what I'm talking about. No, you didn't fall. You walked with your eyes wide open, and you went into it, and you, yes, that is what happened. You know, so let's get it right. I didn't fall. I sinned. <laughs> Amen. But remember, as a child of God, all of that, at every step, there's a check in your heart. There's a check in your heart. And you say no each time. You know, so the check, the spirit is saying, what you are planning is dangerous. Say, yes, I know, but I want to do it. Amen. So not only are we dead to sin, chapter 7 of the book of Romans tells us that we are no longer under the law. You know, there are folks in the church today, the way they talk, you will think Jesus never came. Because it's still about the law of Moses and uh, prophet Elijah and uh, the other prophet and all of those things. Where is Jesus in all of that picture? My salvation is not predicated on Moses. Moses was a great man. And they set a great example that we can learn from. You know, like I always say, learning... It's not about learning what to do. Sometimes you learn what not to do by observing people's life. So if I see how somebody did something and their life was totally ruined and destroyed, what am I learning? Don't do that. Don't do it. Unless you want the kind of outcome they have. Amen? So, he told them, you are dead to sin and you are no longer under the law. And in chapter 8, he said, you are alive in Christ. Amen? The reason, my, the breath I take is because of what Jesus has done for me. My life is completely and totally dedicated to a service till I die. There's no option. There's no, uh, okay, I've done enough. I'm moving on. There's, no, there's nothing to move on to. I preached a, a series of sermons that I eventually turned into a book, you know, go back and pick up the baton, you know. Part of what I wrote in that book is that going back, going back to what? There is nothing for me to go back to. You know, that life, that life did not give me progress. That life stifled my life. That life was a life of pain. Amen? A, a life of heartbreak. Amen? A life of disappointment. The life I have in Christ today, there's nothing to go back to. I can only go forward with Jesus. Where he goes, I go. Where he leads, I follow. What he says, I do. And that is the summary of my life. Praise the Lord. A lot of people are still struggling with their faith for simple reasons. Because you are still in control of your life. Amen? We're going to look at eight traits of a transformed life. 
Like I said, we're going to talk about this transformation in different forms. You know, but one of the traits of a transformed life is surrender. Total surrender. Just surrendered completely to him. Remember in Acts chapter 9, when Jesus met with uh, Paul on the road to Emmaus, uh, uh, on the road to Damascus. After his heart was changed, what was the question he asked? Anybody? What would you have me do? What would you have me do? You know why he would ask such a question? Because he realized that this life is no longer mine. This life is not mine. What would you have me do, Lord, was his next question. Why? Because he was surrendered to the Lord completely. I'm going ahead of myself, but that's okay. So we are alive in Christ. And because I'm alive in Christ, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. You know, sometimes the devil <laughs> will want to remind you of the stuff that you did. Excuse me. Don't deny the facts. You did it. Amen? But that's no longer me. Why? Because I am cleansed and washed by the blood of Jesus. All things are passed away. All things have become new. I am new in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creature. So when folk come to remind me of what I used to do, I remind them of what Jesus has done for me. Hallelujah. I told you the story before. My friends, you know, after a while, you know, they kept bugging me, kept bugging me. But by this time, God has helped me. My feet were standing. I was standing on solid ground. You know, so I told them, I said, that Koye is dead. They said, we know. He's always dying and resurrecting. <laughs> so upon that, I had to make extra determination. So I said to them, I said, that Koye is dead for good. And they have not seen that Koye since that time. By the grace of God. No, it's not so that you can clap. It's so that you can know you can do it. <laughs> Amen. I told them, I said, that Koye is dead and is never coming back. And the Lord helped me. Amen. So if, even if they come now and they say, oh, Koye, remember what you did? Yes, I did it. And thank God for the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for salvation through Christ Jesus. Yes, I was that man, but I'm a new man today. That Koye is dead. That Koye has been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. And this Koye is living the best of his life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And the same is true for you in the name of Jesus. Number seven, in chapter 10 of the book of Romans, I'm giving you a background before we go into the transformation part. Number, number seven, he said to them, he said, salvation is available to all. You know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons Jesus had to come, well, apart from the bigger reason, you know, because every other blood could not satisfy the crime of sin. You know, one of the reasons Jesus come and uh, somebody like Apostle Paul was appointed an apostle to the Gentiles was because everything God gave to the Jews, they kept it to themselves. Amen? They didn't share with anybody. They kept it to themselves. And dare I say, 
that many believers today are not different from those Jews. You have been saved. You have the knowledge of Christ. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know of his mercy, but you are hugging it to yourself. Because they hugged it to themselves, God had to find another way so he can reach you and I. Amen. May God not bypass you. Okay, you didn't hear that. I say God will not bypass you. In the name of Jesus. Salvation is available to all. Salvation is available to all. Salvation is not available to Christians. That we are the salvation center. Where we have salvation. If you are not one of us, you don't have salvation. Lies. Salvation is available for all. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will what? Will be saved. Everyone. Everyone. Even those people that you call evil, you call them demons. Amen? That's exactly how they were afraid of Paul when Paul became saved. He said, what? The one that killed the Christians, the one that put them in jail? No, 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 he cannot be saved. Who told you that? Let me tell you a quick story here. There was a story of uh, a notorious prostitute. Notorious. Everybody knew her in town. It was a small town. So everybody knew her. Amen? And one day, they had a crusade at the church. And for some reason, she decides to go for the crusade. She goes for the crusade, hears the message. They made the call for salvation. She came out, gave her life to Christ. And gave her life to Christ and began to grow in this church. She began to grow. She began to grow. Perhaps she joined the choir, I forgot the details, became a worker, became involved. And over the course of time, the pastor's son began to check her out and said that was the person he wanted to marry. And the whole church said, impossible. You cannot marry her. He said, why? He said, don't you know who she is? They didn't even know how to say, don't you know who she is? You know, they couldn't say who she is because she's no longer that person. And they didn't want to say who she was because they would be arguing against themselves. Don't you know that she used to, she is the... Nobody could say anything. But this young man believed he had heard from God. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't back down. So one day, uh, they had like a church, whatever, gathering. And he asked to speak. And he said to them, he said, what is in question here today is not her salvation. Because you all know, she said, you have accepted her in the fellowship. He said, what is in question in your mind is the efficacy of the blood of Jesus. To wash her clean and make her whole. If you truly believe that the blood of Jesus was efficacious to cleanse her and make her clean and make her whole, then you wouldn't believe what you have believed. Of course, you can imagine how it all ended up. They got married and lived ever happily after. Hallelujah. Listen, it is important that we know all those people you have tagged, oh, he's an adulterer. So were you. She's a fornicator. 
So were you. Oh, she's had so many abortions. So did you. You know, everybody's looking straight. You know, the one that goes with you, you can pick it on the table. <laughs> Amen. We all, the Bible says we used to be alienated from the commonwealth of Israel before God saw us and saved us and brought us in. So all those people you see and pass judgment on, said, we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl, you know, it's trans this, trans this, binary. Salvation is available for them. If only they will accept the sacrifice of Christ for their lives. You know, and I can hear murmuring in the realm of the spirit. No, you can't be born again. They can be born again. You are not God. That's exactly the case of that young lady, prostitute, but now transformed. Was about that life, but now transformed. A new man, a new woman in Christ Jesus. Human beings can never, they, they don't know how to let go and forget that that was in the old times and all things have passed away and all things have become new. Number eight, Romans chapter 11. Let's read a couple of verses from here. Romans 11, 17, and 18. And I want you to pay close attention to this because this is speaking to us directly. It's speaking to you, it's speaking to me, and we need to be careful. We need to be aware, we need to be warned. Amen? It says, but some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. Amen? It's saying, we were wild olive branches. We did not belong. But some branches were broken off, and we have been grafted into Christ. I have been grafted into Christ. You have been grafted into Christ. He said, you, you have been grafted in. So now, you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag. Let's read that together. Let's read it together. But. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. He said, remember, remember a branch was broken off because they didn't do right. The branch was broken off and you have been grafted in. And now you are all puffed up. <laughs> we are the prophetic holy order of the deliverance of the healing or demon chasing, whatever you like to call yourself. You now walk with a chip on the shoulder. Born again. Demon chasing. Tongue talking. Say, so remember. Remember, you were not originally a part of it. 
Some branches were broken off for inefficiencies. Some branches were broken off for whatever reason. And you, you were taken from the wild and grafted in. Now you are receiving nourishment from Christ. And then the end of it, what did he say? He said, you are just a branch, not the root. You are what? A branch, not the root. Every, any branch that is broken off will eventually wither and die. The sustenance comes from the root. That is why, you know, I was uh, talking to someone yesterday. We just casually met on a flight, you know, and it's been, I don't know, maybe like three, four months. And out of the blue, the individual called me up yesterday, you know, and told me a lot of things, you know. It was just the Holy Spirit because I didn't know, like I said, just that one time on the plane, we sat next to each other, and I never spoke to him again. You know, I gave it away. It's a him. Okay. But that's okay. You still don't know the person. <laughs> you know, so, calls me up yesterday and told me a lot of things. But as he was speaking, in my spirit, the Lord said to me, the problem is his foundation. His reaction is because of the foundation that is missing. Let me give you an example. If you are an angry person that used to be in Christ, if you are trying to fix the anger, you will not find solution until you are grafted back in. Does that make sense? If you have not been, if you have been, the branch has been broken off. Best illustration. The branch is broken off. Is now dried and withered, and you are pouring water on the branch. Nothing is going to happen. Before that branch can be restored, it has to be grafted back in. Into the tree, so that it can draw nourishment from the root. So I said to the, to the gentleman, I said, I hear you. And since God has not said anything about your situation to me, the only thing I can tell you is go fix your work with Christ. When you are back on your feet standing in Christ, if you still feel the same way, I will agree with you. Say, Pastor, you are right. Pastor, you are right. Your emotions are secondary to you being grounded in Christ. If you are not rooted and grounded in Christ, your emotion will be all over the place. We'll be all over the place. You get angry, you're mad at people, you're this, you're that. You're... The problem is not the people. The problem is you are not standing on any solid ground. Amen? Amen. The Lord will help us. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm just going to wrap this up, and we will pick it up from there next week. Watch this. Haven't laid that foundation for them. So today's introduction haven't laid that foundation for them as I have laid for you, sort of. He now says to them, he's switching gear now. 
is no longer talking about doctrine. It's saying the things you do are important. So in Romans 12, verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, it says, Now that you are in Christ Jesus, pretty much, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Yield your body to God. Yield your body to Christ because of, because of all he has done for you. Let your bodies be a living and a holy sacrifice. The kind that God will find acceptable. You will notice the words is using here. He's saying, I plead with you. Right? You is an act of your will. Give your body to God. Nobody's making you. He said, now that you know all of this stuff that I've told you, the only natural conclusion is give your all to him. Amen? Give your bodies, your whole bodies, and give it as a living sacrifice. Meaning, you are still alive, but you are burning for him. It's not a dead sacrifice. Amen? Because a dead sacrifice, you have to die. You're already dead to sin. That's the death you need. <laughs> he said, but live for him. Live it up to Jesus. Amen? Present your bodies. That's how the King James put it. Present your bodies. Four things you will see in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, is a presentation. He's saying, present your bodies. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto him. Is that my testimony? Is that your testimony? And then verse 2, he said, don't copy the behavior of the world. Don't copy the customs of this world. What is he saying? Separate yourself unto God. Don't follow what is popular. He said, separate yourself. Do not copy. Don't emulate the world. Be different. It's okay to be different. Amen? My, my team, for the longest time, they knew me. They know, you know, even though I, I flout my own guidelines all the time. But for the most part, I try. You know, my gluten sensitivity. So those times were when I was uh, very, very gung-ho about it. So we have team this, team that. Everybody's eating bread. They are I refuse to eat. Guess what? After a while, they started making accommodations for me. Anytime we're planning to get to you, I say, oh, you know, Koye is uh, gluten-sensitive. So let's get alternatives for him. It's okay to be different is what I'm saying. You don't have to be like the Joneses. You don't have to belong with the world. The Bible says don't copy the world. Separate yourself. It's okay. And then he says, be transformed. He said, but let God transform you. You see, let gives a sense of permission. Permit God. Allow God to transform you. Let God 
impact the way you think. Have you had people say, ah, you think I'm stubborn? You need to have seen my dad. When my dad is angry, he'll be foaming from the mash. <laughs> is that what you want to be? Is that your perfect example? You belong to Jesus. Let God transform you. Those things that you are calling yourself, that's the old man. The old man. Let God walk on your mind. And let God renew your mind. So the first step is what? Presentation. Present yourself, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Second of all, separate yourself. It's okay. They will think you're weird in the beginning, but when they see how your life is turning out, they begin to follow you. Be transformed. Be transformed. And haven't done all to stand. Stand therefore. Live out that life. Live it out. Live it out. Demonstrate that godliness, that godly character, that godly nature. Demonstrate it in the way you talk, in the way you act, and in all that you do. Rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.